In our previous episodes, we looked at individual cases of near-death experiences, or NDEs, where people flew out of their bodies, went to heavenly places, and saw their life history and the profound impact it had on them. But could these experiences, as wonderful as they might be to the person, be hallucinations of some kind caused by the body? Though science doesn't give concrete answers to these questions, data collected over the past 20 years from over 4,000 people who have had near-death experiences paints an extraordinary picture. We had the pleasure of speaking to the leading researcher who collected this data, Dr. Jeffrey Long. This is Mysteries of Life, and I'm Subyapa. Dr. Jeffrey Long established the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation in 1998. It features a survey of more than 60 questions for people wanting to share their NDEs. Dr. Long now says that evidence of the reality of a supreme being and afterlife is stronger than the evidence he would use as an oncologist to make medical decisions to treat a cancer patient. But what's triggered his interest in NDEs in the first place? Jeffrey, you are the author of a New York Times bestseller, Evidence of the Afterlife, The Science of Near-Death Experiences, and you're also the founder of the largest near-death experience website in the world, Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. We've got lots to talk about. <laughs> First, let's start with the near-death experiences. You call them NDE. What triggered your interest? I was back in my residency training. I'm a physician and training for my medical specialty, radiation oncology, the use of radiation to treat cancer. This was over a quarter century ago when the internet didn't exist and we had huge bound volumes of medical journals. I was flipping through a prominent a medical journal called the Journal of the American Medical Association looking for a cancer-related article and completely by accident I found an article that said near-death experience in it. And I was puzzled. I'd never heard of that before so I stopped and read the article and was immediately fascinated. I mean how can you not be fascinated by wondering what happens after we die? But reading this article it was a prominent cardiologist, a heart doctor, who had studied patients that had their heart stopped, cardiac arrest, had near-death experiences, and when their consciousness separated from the body, by the dozens, these people were able to very accurately describe what was going on with details about the resuscitation that would have been impossible for them to know. And I was absolutely amazed at this, started my research in near-death experience uh, shortly after that, and uh, now I've accumulated over 4,000 near-death experiences on the website, the largest research database in the world. The very first near-death experience I heard in person really stuck with me. Here was a person who didn't even know they had a near-death experience, and yet they had so many severe allergies that they were un under anesthesia and coded. Their heart stopped. And at that moment, their consciousness rose above their body, and they were able to see and hear the frantic efforts of the uh, operation 
team trying to bring her back to life. She then went through a tunnel, went through the other side, had what we commonly see in near-death experiences called a life review, and then had a very detailed, stunningly visual experience uh, with a lot of the common features we see in a near-death experience, and then boom, returned to her body. She later validated that what she saw, while she was not only under general anesthesia, but also her heart had stopped, and that was very well documented at that time. What she saw and heard was accurate down to the finest details. Once I heard that, I got to thinking, if this happens, if this is consistently happening, this changes about my, my view about the world and the universe we live in. There's some bigger picture going on. In the over 4,000 near-death experiences I've studied, I think one of the more amazing ones that I uh, actually interviewed this person uh, personally, this was a person who was born totally blind from birth. And to this lady, vision was unknown and unknowable. You cannot describe vision in terms of the remaining uh, four physical senses of the body. I tried, it's impossible. And yet, this person was involved in a, was traveling with someone driving them home from there. They had a singing career. A person who had listened to her was driving her home involved in a very bad auto accident. So for the first time in the life, this person had vision was during her near-death experience. As is often described in near-death experiences, consciousness first rises above the body, and from that vantage point, you could look down and, as she did, saw her physical body down below. And she didn't know who that was. She'd never seen herself. It was only after she correlated herself only through the sense of feel she'd known all her life and felt that uh, was aware through sense the long hair she had and a, a ring her father had given her. It was only after she correlated her newfound awareness of vision with what she previously knew by touch that she realized that was her body unconscious in the gurney in the emergency room below. Can you describe your approach to studying near-death experiences? Right. The approach has been to set up a very detailed website survey. At the current time, we have over 80 different questions. So we ask a great deal of questions about demographic background, many, many questions about the near-death experience itself, what happened, and then how it changed their life. So that's been our methodology. The larger number you have, the more people you study, the more confident you can be in the results of the survey, the results of the study. So by the time you get over 4,000 near-death experiencers that I've studied, we're more confident than ever about the amazing reality of near-death experience and the amazing messages that people bring about the afterlife and some details about what lies beyond. Now, the big question, why do you believe this is real? What proof do you have? Right. Absolutely. Extraordinary claims like consciousness existing apart from the body during near-death experiences requires extraordinary evidence, and it's absolutely there. We talked about consciousness apart from the body, often an early element characteristic of near-death experiences, called an out-of-body experience. But it's been found that even though their physical body is unconscious or clinically dead, when their consciousness is apart from the body, what they see and hear but they check it out later after they recover from their close brush with death is almost invariably accurate down to the finest details. And that includes these out-of-body observations far, even miles from their physical body that's laying unconscious or clinically dead. Even if they have these out-of-body observations far away from any possible physical sensory awareness of their physical body, 
When they check it out later after they recover, almost invariably accurate down to the finest details, details they could not possibly have known unless they were actually there. Uh, we have a fairly good sized series of near-death experiences expanding on the example I gave earlier where you're under general anesthesia. Now under that blanket of sleep of general anesthesia, it should be impossible to bring back any conscious, lucid, organized memory as near-death experiences are. And especially when you're under general anesthesia and your heart stops, as is carefully validated, of course, you're, you're under very careful monitoring while you're under general anesthesia. The occurrence of those two events as a precipitating event of a near-death experience should mean, if you will, it's doubly impossible that there could be any lucid organized memory at that time. And yet by the scores, people have reported typical near-death experiences under exactly those circumstances, which should be absolutely doubly medically inexplicable. One extraordinary account of an NDE was recorded by a cardiologist and near-death researcher M. Van Lommel in a 2001 Lancet article. It records an anecdote of a patient accurately describing the location of his dentures during a cardiac arrest. Before performing CPR, a nurse had removed the patient's dentures and placed them on a cart and then lost track of them. A week later, the patient who had regained consciousness recognized the nurse who removed his dentures and accurately described the cart's location and contents. The patient told the nurse, You were there when I was brought into hospital and you took my dentures out of my mouth and put them onto that cart. It had all these bottles on it, and there was this sliding drawer underneath, and there you put my teeth. The patient's account amazed the nurse, as the patient was in a deep coma during the CPR. The patient also said he had an outer body experience, observing the resuscitation efforts from above. Psychology professor Christopher French commented on the anecdote, saying this could be explained by information available at the time, prior knowledge, fantasy or dreams, lucky guesses, and information from the remaining senses. In a review of the near-death experience, the International Association for Near-Death Studies made the following conclusions. Because the patient was in a coma, he didn't know about the hospital or reanimation room before. It's unlikely that he made precise observations through dreams or fantasy. And his factual accounts during interviews were consistent with no exaggeration. Through the studies I've done, we talked about the fact that near-death experiences, the contents is strikingly similar regardless of their prior religious belief or lack of religious belief. Uh, even atheists have typical near-death experiences. All around the world, Western, non-Western cult cultures, doesn't make any difference. If you have a near-death experience, the content will be strikingly similar. Even very young children, uh, age five and younger, where they're practically a culturally a blank slate, they don't know anything about near-death experiences, don't have any well-conceived ideas about death or religious or what they should believe or shouldn't believe. But in this very tender young age, when they have near-death experiences, once again, the content's strikingly similar to the near-death experiences of older children and adults. So in other words, if you encounter a deceased relative, it's going to be your deceased relative and not somebody else's deceased relative. As far as the big picture, the sort of big picture characteristics that occur, what they learn encountering God, amazingly consistent all across the world and across cultures. Very interesting. Now, you said that you discovered many of the accounts shared a similar description of God. Can you fill us in who or what is God? 
Sure. I was fascinated by the very common descriptions of people being aware of or encountering God or a supreme being during near-death experiences. So I went to the effort of studying God that was described or that people were aware of in 277 instances of sequentially shared near-death experiences. And so uh, over and over I was seeing that people would describe God very consistently. A lot of times they say that God is an earthly word, and what they encountered was so powerful, so wonderful, that no English or earthly word in any language could possibly describe the overwhelming love, connection, majesty, knowledge of this uh, being that they encountered during their near-death experience. So if you take a step back and be aware that language gets in the way when you study God and near-death experiences, um, about 45% of people, when I asked a very direct survey question, said that they were aware of or encountered God or a supreme being during their near-death experience. So it's fairly common. It's not at all rare for people to do that. And in the 277 near-death experiences describing God or encountering God, amazingly consistent. God is over, over and over again described as being overwhelmingly loving, uh, caring about them, loving them for who they are, all they are, everything they are, a very strong sense of non-judgment, uh, a very strong sense of overwhelming knowledge. What role do you see NDEs playing in our understanding of consciousness and the nature of reality? I, that is super. There is no question that consciousness during near-death experiences is beyond any possible medical explanation. And when you're comatose or clinically dead, heart not beating, not breathing, you shouldn't have any remembrance at all. And yet here are people, when they have near-death experiences, typically saying their consciousness is more lucid, more alive, if you will, than their regular routine earthly life. And yet their consciousness can move travel faster than they could even physically in their earthly life. They can visit these unearthly, if you will, heavenly realms. In fact, I asked a survey question about how their level of consciousness and alertness during their near-death experience compared to their earthly everyday consciousness and alertness. And about three-fourths of the people that had the near-death experience said during that near-death experience their level of consciousness and alertness was greater than their consciousness and alertness during their earthly life. Amazing, isn't it? These are people unconscious, dead, at the time they're having this experience. About another 20% said they had equivalent consciousness and alertness, and it's very uncommon, around 5% or so, of people that actually have diminished consciousness and alertness during a near-death experience. All of this points up to the fact that near-death experiences have nothing to do with dreams. It's a common question I get. The very first survey of near-death experiences I ever posted, I asked directly. I didn't know. I said, was your experience dreamlike in any way, emphasizing that there was any correlation between dreams and near-death experiences? We'd expect a yes and explanation. It was the most embarrassing question I've ever asked as a researcher uniformly people responding to that question were going no no way my near-death experience is nothing like a, a dream absolutely not what are still some of the doubts that skeptics have about nde over the years skeptics have proposed over 30 different so-called explanations of near-death experience the reason there's so many over 30 is very simple that is skeptics themselves as a group can't agree on any one or even several skeptical explanations of near-death experience that make sense. 
even to the skeptics themselves. I've run across virtually every cultural, psychological, physiological, skeptical explanation that you can possibly think of. And the reason there's so many of them is a skeptic simply can't point to any one, any number of skeptical explanations that explains anything that we're talking about today about near-death experience, let alone the totality of all these different lines of elements of, if you will, proof of near-death experience and the things that occur. The skeptics aren't even close. One physiological explanation is made by professor of neurology, Kevin Nelson, who explores the relationship between the brain and spirituality and has written about them in his book, The Spiritual Doorway in the Brain. Dr. Nelson argues that many of the sensations and experiences reported during NDEs can be explained by the brain's responses to physiological stress and changes in blood flow. For example, he says, the experience of seeing a bright light during an NDE may be caused by changes in blood flow to the visual cortex. Similarly, feelings of euphoria and peacefulness during an NDE may be the result of changes in neurotransmitters and other chemicals in the brain. In his article published in Missouri Medicine Journal in 2015, he argues that out-of-body experiences feel real, but aren't actually happening. Then why are some NDEers able to accurately recall seeing doctors work on them while being deeply anesthetized? More when we return on Mysteries of Life. How do you think it changed other, other people's lives? Yeah, that's a, a great question because people that have a near-death experience, as you would imagine, their life typically changes substantially. All of a sudden, they realize that there's life after death, a wonderful life after death. They have a glimpse, they bring back, if you will, a piece of the heaven they saw back to their earthly life. They become more loving. Um, they become less materialistic. Um, they become more interested in spiritual values. Obviously, they become much more believers in the reality of God and believers in the reality of an afterlife, no surprise, because for so many of them that they've experienced that, they know from firsthand experience about the reality of an afterlife. Um, they may leave unloving relationships and seek out loving relationships. They may change jobs. Many near-death experiencers go into the healing professions with their newfound values. So it's made, uh, typically makes a huge impact, more of a change following a near-death experience in their values and beliefs than, to the best of my assessment, any other single life event. How did the research on NDE change your life? It had a huge impact on my life. I started out, if you will, like a skeptic. I'm a show-it-to-me kind of person. I'm a physician, and I make my decisions and understandings of life based on solid evidence. So when I started studying near-death experiences and realized all the lines of evidence all converging on the understanding that near-death experiences are, in a word, real, I was amazed. It's helped me as a physician understanding that for you, me, and every single person watching this video, all of us have a life after death, a wonderful life after death, and that's exciting. As a physician that treats cancer, that's helped me to uh, treat my patients that have that life-threatening illness more courageously, more openly, more aware that even if they succumb to their cancer illness, it's not really the end. They're going to have an afterlife. They're going to go on living. 
studying near-death experiences has deeply impacted my walk as a Christian. I've been a Christian since very early age, but as I studied near-death experiences, I was fascinated at the fairly common presence of Jesus. Here again, just like God, Jesus in near-death experience is remarkably consistently observed. A being of overwhelming love, overwhelming compassion, accepting the near-death experiencer they're with for who they are, everything they are, all that they are non-judgmentally, uh, seems to speak Jesus in near-death experience spending a lot of time listening to the near-death experiencer, uh, essentially never giving commandments, preaching, just simply being a profoundly loving, compassionate, supportive presence for the person having the near-death experience. And so aware of this Jesus, it's really helped me to sort of click with Jesus in the Bible or Jesus from other sources. So I'm a Christian today, but stronger than ever before, based more on evidence, more so than faith. Have you found cases of people experiencing past lives? Yes, uh, that's sort of evidence of reincarnation. I didn't believe that was possible until I started studying near-death experiences. But there are by the dozens and dozens where near-death experience accounts where, and it's often during the life review, that portion of the near-death experience where they see part or even all of their prior life. During that time, many, many people by the scores report not only being aware of their prior earthly life, but also aware of lives prior to their current earthly life, often going back centuries, even over millennia. So the evidence in near-death experience seems to be very strongly supportive of the concept of reincarnation based on a fairly large amount of evidence from these multiple, multiple of these descriptions. I have um, one example where somebody had a past life remembrance in the early 1900s in Germany, and they didn't live in Germany. When he dug into it and looked at historic records, photographs of what that town was like, it lined up to a T. When I started my research of near-death experience, I didn't believe in reincarnation and thought, frankly, that was ridiculous. But I base my views of this you know, universe we live in based on evidence. And by the time I saw scores of near-death experiences that talked about awareness of lives prior to their current earthly life, pre-existing lives, I mean, it was obvious that in near-death experiences, there's very strong evidence for reincarnation. And I know a lot of Christians don't believe in reincarnation. I would have to say, that's fine. That's one of those things where we're still all learning. I don't think any of us have the final word on whether re reincarnation exists or reincarnation doesn't exist, but my job as a scientist is to study the evidence and at least make it known. Do you have any final comment or advice? I firmly believe that what we don't know about near-death experience outweighs what we do know. It is exciting to be at the forefront of this type of research. Uh, I encourage ongoing research and near-death experience. There's a lot of exciting things I'm confident that we can learn as we learn about near-death experiences, consciousness, God, afterlife. I mean, these are some of the great questions that humanity has faced throughout all of its existence. And here seems to be, through near-death experiences, if you will, a portal to better understanding and an understanding than afterlife, the importance of love that we understand from near-death experiences of God. Uh, I would have to say the study of near-death experiences and what we can learn is perhaps the most powerful and positive message for humanity that I can even conceive of. Thank you, Jeffrey Long. It's been a pleasure.
thanks to Dr. Jeffrey Long's work over the past 20 years, we have evidence that suggests the existence of the soul and an afterlife. It also suggests the existence of reincarnation and a supreme being. Jeffrey says that understanding and accepting the reality of near-death experiences can open one to ask deeper questions, such as those about God and why humankind exists. I'm Sue Biamba, and we hope to see you next time on Mysteries of Life.